What's up, everybody? Josh and Jay back with the America is Red, White, and Blue podcast. Ready to dive into some of the blues that were in action. Are going to be advancing uh, in the tournament in Qatar. Uh, some amazing goals and performances by our boys in blue. Really looking forward to getting into the huge game tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The United States facing the Netherlands. I am absolutely out of my mind excited for this, Jay. But this still is the America is Red, White, and Blue podcast. We're going to let you get the first word. What the hell has been going on in this group stage, bro? We have seen some crazy action. Yeah, man. Before we get into all the other stuff, this has been absolutely epic. Yeah, With all the bullshit that we've talked about at the World Cup, all these little things that we could tip, you know, nitpick on about the corruption and no beer. What has happened between the lines on these pitches has been absolutely awesome. This has easily, easily been the greatest group stage of a World Cup that I've ever seen in my lifetime. Maybe this has been the greatest group stage ever. There has been not one team who you could say is a clear-cut favorite going into the elimination phase of this tournament. You've had big names getting toppled. You know, David and Goliath stories left and right. We've got five teams that are ranked in the top 15 of FIFA rankings that are all going home. Led by number two in the world, Belgium. It's incredible. I mean, I think we could probably both agree maybe they were a little overranked heading into the tournament, given some of the age and uh, some of the accumulation of, uh, you know, miles on the tires from some of those guys. But if you're Belgium, you're definitely at least expecting to get out of that group. And that was a complete and total underperformance uh, on their part. And to me, that's a real true golden generation gone to unfortunately gone to waste because with a healthy hazard, a Kevin De Bruyne, Thibaut Courtois, Romelu Lukaku, Dries Mertens, I mean, Jan Vertonghen, all these guys, Toby Anderweild, the list goes on and on. You can name a lot of dudes on this Belgium squad and they just have not produced. It's a real shame, but they're uh, packing their bags. They're out of there. Kevin De Bruyne is going to be back at Manchester uh, City training. Eden Hazard will be trying to get his way onto the Real Madrid pitch and failing, unfortunately, because he's a dead guy. And, uh, you know, Romelu Lukaku, man, he missed uh, he missed more sitters than me uh, in that game. And, man, he uh, he was not good. That was not good for, for Big Rock. Technically, he's still a Chelsea player. So I don't want to dog him too bad, but he's not a Chelsea player. And he threw us under the bus, so I'm happy to throw his ass under the bus for this. That was the biggest choke job ever. You came in with 45 minutes to play. You had like five or six opportunities to just get one over the line. Five or six opportunities in the second half. I think as far as goals expected of any player in the tournament, he had the highest in any single game, and he only played for one half. So it's good on you for getting in the right positions in order to score. Bro, your job is to put it in the back of the net. You had balls point blank, point blank, headers screaming over the bar. So then he makes a fool of himself, punching that like plexiglass partition on the bench. You know, cry. Please just go cry. Go cry. You know what? And excuse me, actually, speaking of tears, uh, I will cheers you. Cheers. And let's do a shot of Luis Suarez tears. Yes. Delicious. Like seeing that two dickhead out of the tournament makes me completely happy. He bit your beloved Georgie Chiellini. He bit our beloved Bronislav Ivanovic. 
don't have any love for the Uruguayans in general, and the very, very wet Edinson Cavani can also get on another plane. I think I think that guy takes 60 showers a day. I don't know that. He's a dripping ass motherfucker. I know that. He's just he just looks wet all the time. Uh but glad the Uruguayans are out. Yeah, they're gone. Belgium's gone. Not gonna miss either one of them. Denmark, kind of feel bad for them. They were that, you know, beautiful story, unfortunately, with you know, with Ericsson going down in the Euros and that the rest of the team kind of galvanizing around that. They were very flat this tournament. Germany, a huge surprise. Adios. And Mexico. And Mexico. Dude, these are teams that are always advancing. But dude, this is this this World Cup is crazy. It's not only like the parity between the teams, but it's also nine minutes, twelve minutes, fifteen minutes of extra time. You got you dude, you got guys out there playing an extra 20, 30 minutes a game. These games are extending, and you don't know who the hell is advancing at any point. You gotta check your phone every five minutes for a live update to see who do you did you know that a tiebreaker is based upon behavior? Yeah, amount of how many like yellow, yellow cards, cards you got? I had no idea. Stuff like that. Yeah, where the hell did that come in? So anyway, we're learning new things here. This is all great. I mean, it has been intense. It has absolutely delivered uh, from a from a dramatical perspective. Um, I mean, every to your point, everybody's got to tune in to make sure that they know the exact circumstance because it was changing minute to minutes. You know, Switzerland versus uh, Serbia. The goals going back and forth, the outcomes. I mean, it's been amazing, uh, everything playing out in uh, in real time. So uh, hats off to the chaos. Uh, it's been enjoyable from a, a neutral perspective. Obviously, there's the uh, there's the heartbreak and the absolute joy that uh, some of the Asian nations are, are feeling and some of the African nations are feeling right now. Uh, both of those constituencies have seen wild success in this World Cup. So it's it's been awesome to to see a little uh, extra zhuzh, a little extra spice into the situation. So um, let's let's dive into some of the action, man. Yeah, uh, let's yeah, give sure. some let's give some props to our boy, uh, the Moroccan number seven, the pearly white, shining, left footed, beautiful wizard, Hakeem Ziyech. Uh, nice to see him get on the score sheet. Scored off a little bit of a mistake, a little bit of a derfer by the uh, by the Canadian keeper there. But uh, nonetheless, great to see Morocco uh, get into advance. They were going crazy. Uh, and they get to uh, face our beloved Dave, Cesar Espilicueta, and Espana in the round of 16. ZX a bad man. He's a bad man. He's, just, he's so crafty. Uh, he's got a wicked left foot. We've been talking about him nonstop. And you know, I would love to see him find a role at Chelsea, man, because when he brings it and he's on his game – Dude, he's so creative, and that is just what we thirst for. So, yeah, pump for him that he's moving on. He's carried this team. He's been just like you said, man, dude. He's been spicy out on that wing. He's been creating things for other teammates. He's been getting it done himself. Uh, That is is probably the matchup I am most looking forward to because I think Morocco, they could really shake up this bracket, and they're going to give Spain a significant test. I mean – I would be afraid. I would be a little bit nervous uh, if I'm if I'm Spain going up against these guys. They're clearly well drilled. Uh, they're playing with house money for sure. And let's just go out and say it: Hakim Ziyech and Christian Pulisic are in very similar situations, uh, both personally at the club and internationally. You know, when they put on their national team shirts, they're stepping into that alpha dog role, or you know, one of the one of the top dogs on the squad that's expected to produce that's expected to your point to be creative uh to pr- and and to produce end product they've both done that 
They're both clearly smiling and happy about it, which is great to see both of those guys in a good place, feeling good about their game, feeling good about what they're doing. How the hell do you think Kai Havertz feels right now? You know? I mean, that, that that's a that's a tough situation. And we love Kai, and we want to support him. It's just the fact of the matter is, is these guys that are playing well and producing for their clubs, or excuse me, for their countries, that is going to be symbolic, especially coming off of a World Cup, of what they think that they are going to be able to do for their clubs, and what better stage to show it on than the biggest international football stage in the world. We said it in the preview to the World Cup that both of those guys were in similar situations where they're frustrated, they're not getting the amount of time that they want, they're not having the results that they want. This was their opportunity. This was their chance to be able to show every club in the world, this is what I can bring to the table, this is what I can do. We refer to Ziyech as a caged lion just waiting to come out. Man. Boy, dude, he has just unleashed it. So, listen, I would love for him to stay at Chelsea. I think that guy has just got bundles of talent in him. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. But, dude, there's going to be a very high-profile club that's going to look at him and say, yeah, I could use. we could use some of that. 100% so, agree, man. So let's uh, let's now move on to the Croatians. What a what a hell of a of a squad that they have there. Always scoring goals, always looking positive. Just unbelievable amounts of talent and cohesion. Uh, they're re- led by obviously uh, Luka Modric and our beloved uh, Mateo Kovacic, who continues uh, to produce in the center of the park for the Croatians, making their mark. Moving on to the round of sixteen again. They're such a cool country. <laughs> I really, dude, I enjoy them so much, and it's been that way for a while, not just because we have a mutual friend who happens to be Croatian and goes crazy for them. Um, You've got this tiny little country, this tiny little country, four million Four people. million, man. Just, just, dude, just think about that. You know, how, how many people are in the United States? 360, 370 million, unofficially? Um, four million people, and they're able to pump out enough talent to be just consistently solid across the board on the world stage. Consistently. The population of Queens is producing one of the world's greatest football teams. It's insane. So, you know, Josco Gavardiol, who's been rumored to come to Chelsea, who I would love to see at Chelsea. Versatile guy. He can play in the middle of the back line. He can play out on the wing if you want to. Uh, He is awesome. He really is. He's been playing great. Um, Kramerich up front, he's been really good. They, dude, they're the team. Nobody wants to see them in an elimination game. They have the experience. They're just they play with the cohesion and a togetherness that not many other countries are able to bring to the table. It's really, really awesome, and they they really do. And it, you know, it's the same colors, the red, white, and blue. But they just seem to really care a lot. <laughs> you, you know, just, and it's, I mean, they really give a shit, and it, it's evident. Uh, how much it means. And I, I think it's because of that small nation mentality, knowing how much more they feel that they probably have to give in order to, to measure up size wise, uh, you know, with some of these other nation states and, and huge powers. So hat tip to them uh, for, for always coming through and, and, and showing up big time in the big time tournaments. Uh, we also have to give another hat tip to the unused uh, Tiago Silva today, uh, Brazil, Obviously had a little little problem with Cameroon today. Didn't affect their status as the uh, the group winners. They'll be moving on to face uh, a surprise South Korea squad. Uh, talk about the drama. Man, that was crazy. Got to give a hat tip uh, to your boy uh, Son uh, from Spurs, our rivals to the north. But uh, that little squirt pass that he had in between like three defenders to set up his teammates uh, blasting that winning goal. 
Hell of a play by him. Hat tip. Dude, the last two games have been super exciting. And yeah, it was great. This is what the this is what the World Cup is all about, man. It's just the amount of joy that you can bring to your nation, the amount of joy that you see with these guys celebrating out on the field. And again, with them, initial celebration because we won, pause, another massive celebration once they realized they were able to go through 10 minutes later because they're wacky extra time. So just the drama that builds into these situations so far has been just, it's been ridiculous. All right. And then, uh, so the the last game of the other games that has the most interest, especially from a Blues perspective, is without a doubt the Senegal scoring Koulibaly and Mendy going up against the English and our beloved Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, who are both out of the eleven. Uh, against Wales, by the way, and uh, Connor Gallagher, who we probably don't expect to see much. So we're going to have five Blues on the rosters for Senegal versus England. And uh, I would love to hear some of your initial thoughts on that one because that's going to be a very, very interesting contest, I think. Beware Senegal. They were one of my dark horse teams coming into this thing. Sadio, Sadio Mane out. They, they, they lose a little bit as far as their final third clinical finishing. Obviously, he's a world-class player. Dude, they've been tough straight through the group. Out. Um, beware, England. Beware. This has an upset written all over it as well. And You've got an overconfident dude, it, it would, Declan Rice saying, so this is the part that I love. And when we see Declan Rice in a blues shirt, Perhaps I'll feel different, but this is what I like about Declan Rice here in a negative way. Hey, bud. Hey, Declan, what have you won at West Ham? Oh, yeah, let me check. Dick, why are you stepping up and talking about other nations should fear England or any of this other stuff? Hey, bud, why should they fear you? What have you won? What silverware do you have, bud? And what do you have from your personal winning experience at West Ham? That justifies those sort of statements. I wish a guy like Declan Rice would shut up and let his play speak for itself, especially when you personally and your country haven't won shit. And Senegal has. They just, they're, they're, dude, they're just coming off an Afri- Africa Cup of Nations Cup of Nations. They're, they're, they're the number one team in the continent of Africa. So don't think that this is, I mean, again, if Sadio Mane was there, this would be even more of a Big threat, problem. Even without him. Big problem. Even without him, man. Dude, this is a really, really talented team. Again, a team that has recently had to play together, has had to come together, and has won. So w- once you have done that, you know you can do it again. Yes. So I would, I, dude, I would be really nervous. And dude, with England, man, Gareth Southgate. Hehehehe. <laughs> It's shook. I bet he's going to look. I would he's going to look nervous. really dapper. Very he's going to look very, very, very dapper. His stylist on, you know, he, he's going to have him wrapped up in those German street garbs. He's going to be ready to go. Uh, but uh, are the English going to be ready to go? Can't wait to uh, mm-hmm. to see that one. So let's uh, move on to the main course here, bud. Unless there's anything else you yes. need to talk about, Jay. Is there anything else you need to talk uh, about before we quick, talk about the good shit? Quickly, quickly. Dennis Sicaria, moving on. He got a couple of minutes in today, so that's cool. They put him in for like 21 minutes. That's nice. I think we got everybody else. Kai Havertz going home, unfortunately. Kai's on a plane, bro. Kai's going home. Sucks. 
Scored two goals. I scored two goals, and it's unbelievable. He, you know, he gets he gets two in the World Cup, and how empty do those goals feel? Very useless. Who gives a shit? It's just, dude, it's, you're going it's home. Sad, and you're 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 in you're a national embarrassment. We love Kai Havertz. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, I'll sing the Kai Havertz song right now. I mean, please stop. Are you going to no, do I it? I won't do it. But okay, all right, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right, Jay. I'm ready. You tell me who's playing tomorrow. Zedach and the red, white, and blue. So, for those who don't understand what Jay just said, the Dutch means Holland or the Netherlands, and the United States is the red, white, and blue. So, just to clarify that, what scares you about the Netherlands, Jay? Because there's a couple things that scare me about them, but not that much. The pundits have been dogging the Dutch, and frankly, I think they're underestimating them. There's been a lot of just banter about oh they're not playing with a they're not playing in a style that is appealing to the eye that doesn't matter i i am a fan of the azuri i know exactly what it's like to play an effective style that looks like shit i know all about that as chelsea fans when we watched the champions league we played an effective style that looked like shit so when you you know van hall has these guys playing super pragmatic they're three in the back. Their back line is ridiculous. I mean, that's the strength of the ridiculous. team. A hundred percent. Dude, I think they're dangerous across the board. I really do. I think that people are going to judge them based upon some relatively close games and maybe some spells where they didn't look fluid and attacking. But I don't think that's what they were going for. I think Van Hel knows the way you get through the group phases of these big tournaments, pragmatism. Don't let... Don't give up easy goals. Don't leave yourself exposed. Don't lose shape. You have to stay really in, in tight form and then just wait for the opportunities to come. Uh, I think the back line is amazing. Cody Cody Gapko is obvious. Dude, he, this guy has just made himself a gazillion dollars. He's like the Hamas Rodriguez of this world. He's now. definitely have, upped his market value considerably. Dude, you've, got, you've got Memphis Depay, who is another world super dangerous striker. And what, what I'm really concerned about, we have not had to play against anything really threatening in the midfield so far. Say what you want about some of the individual players for England. You could say that Bellingham, that he's a threat as far as scoring is concerned. Mason Mount, you could say, okay, is a number eight. But you don't have somebody, we have not gone up against somebody in the midfield that can just open up a can on you, who could just put a ball in there and open up the you're game. You're talking about Frankie de Young right now, or is that who you're describing? Fr- Fr- Frankie de Young is exactly that man. Frankie de Young is exactly that man. I and I, I mentioned, dude, I wanted him on the blues. I am concerned about him. Because we this isn't about us being able to be pacey with him and get dude, this guy from three quarters of the way down the field can send a pass in there on a dime and unleash one of those two guys up top. We have not had to go up against that so far. So it'll be interesting to see how we deal with it. I mean, yeah, it, we so we got Dijong, we got Mr. Gakpo, who you already talked about. The back three, it could be a back four. When you've got they got Van Dyke, they got Nathan Ake and Matthias Delict. Um, I mean, that's that's pretty good. Uh, you the aforementioned Memphis Depay. You've got Denzel Dumfries. I mean, they've certainly got names that you know. 
uh, guys who are obviously playing in the top leagues. And many would argue that uh, the Dutch, a.k.a. the Netherlands, a.k.a. Holland, um, is probably the best nation to never win the World Cup. They've been to, I think, the finals three times. Uh, they've been the classic uh, bridesmaids, never a bride. Uh, legendary, legendary players. Johan Cruyff, Ian Robin, fantastic, fantastic history. Rude Gillett, you know, the list goes on. Marco Van Bastian, keep them coming. But uh, they still got to play somebody. And history doesn't matter right now. Uh, only thing that matters is recent history. And our most recent history is uh, winning 1-0 to advance against Iran. Had to get a little Iran in there just to pronounce Iran. Iran yeah, get it right. Correctly. I like it. You've been practicing. So, I would like to get into the lineups, Jay Martin Himmelstein. As we're talking about our boys in blue, uh, we had the uh, obviously great news that number 10, Christian Pulisic, has been cleared to play. So I would expect to see him out and available on Saturday. Uh, and your boy, Josh Sargent, still a little dinged up. Looks like he's day-to-day. I don't know if he's going to be able to go tomorrow. I wouldn't bank on it. But... Uh, I know that we both have Matt Turner in the back, so let's just move right up to the back four. All right, so I'm going with the same back four that we had in our last game against Mm -hmm. Um, Iran. There's definitely an argument between Carter Vickers and... um, Zimmerman. Oh, my God. And Zimmerman. Thank you. Um, I'm going with Des. I'm going to stick with Carter Vickers. I like what I saw out of him. What I did not like... The penalty was one thing the distribution and what Zimmerman can do with the ball at his feet was really concerning in that second game against England. And we had a lot of opportunities to hit people on breaks there. I did not like what I saw there. So I did like what I saw when they brought him in in relief against Adam because he was an imposing figure. He was able to deal with headers. Um, I, but I liked what I saw with Carter Vickers. So I'm going with him. Bream is a mainstay and Jedi Robinson. 100% right with you. For all those exact same points, I think the ball distribution, especially at this point in the tournament, what you can do at your feet is going to be the key. Playing in tight spaces, you're going to have to deal with a lot of problems, a lot of intricacies, you know, a lot of, you know, the first touch is going to be critical in a lot of these, you know, situations. So I definitely agree with you. I went back and forth. I had Zimmerman in initially and I marked him out and I put CCV back in because I actually thought about what, what you just said. I really like Zimmerman coming in as a closer if we have an opportunity to try to see the game out because he's a big guy. He did. He had like three consecutive headers. He's a big guy, especially him coming in with fresh legs, knowing that his job is to quote unquote out and out defend. I think he can serve a more critical and useful useful role uh, coming off the bench in those sort of scenarios. And I would definitely uh, start Carter Vickers over him. uh, Same as you. Yeah, the, the thing that was kind of pulling me in the other direction is, you know, Virgil van Dyke is a threat on set pieces, and we're talking about an obviously really large dude. Uh, Carter Vickers, I don't believe, is as big as, as Zimmerman. He certainly doesn't He's look not. to be as big as him. He looks like he's stouter, but not doesn't have that height, and we're going to need somebody to man-mark van Dyke on set pieces. So that was what was pulling me, but I still I wanted somebody who was a little bit stronger with his distribution. And again, exactly like you said, if we somehow go up, 
1-0 and we need to see this thing out or if we're happen to be up to one and it's close toward the end, he'd be a great chess piece to bring on in order to contend with any of those set pieces and pressure on the box. No doubt. I completely agreed. Uh, I'll take the midfield because it's my favorite. I just want to say it. I know that it's yours as well, but there's no other way. We're in the MMA, baby. There, you can't possibly change it. There's nothing you can do that could possibly change my mind. These guys are greasy right now. They are super slick. They are ready to go. They are locked and loaded. Uh, I love the number four to the number eight to the number six. I think they're fantastic. I think that they are moving up the echelon of the top midfields in this competition. And I'll tell you what, if we can get past Holland, these guys are putting a marker down. And that's going to be a problem for the Argentinian midfield, should I get ahead of myself. But I'll tell you what, these guys are the real deal. And I think, counter to your point, I think we have the type of motor in Tyler Adams and the type of youthful vigor in Eunice Musa that can really have a counterbalance and a countering effect on Frankie de Jong. I'm concerned about, so I agree with you 100%. The midfield, listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And this is far, far, far from broke. I mean, this has been this has been the strength of this no team. No doubt. And Tyler Adams, though, he's been doing his best work on our side of the pitch. I think it's going to come down. If we are going to have somebody who's going to be able to counter <clears throat> what DeJong brings to the table, I really think it has to be Yunus Musa. Because he plays a little bit more an advanced role. And my concern is not, you know, I think we'll be able to handle DeJong and put pressure on him when we're closer to to our box. It's really about counter opportunities. And when they're on their side of the field and him unleashing something that's going to release either Memphis Depay or Cody. Fair enough. I just don't, I, I don't see Adams being in many of those positions. Unless we press up extremely high. Which is possible. We'll see what uh, Greggy B has in store uh, for that. So uh, take us to the front line, my man. Finish us out. Round us out. I think we're going to differentiate here. I have a feeling we're going to be a little different. Maybe. Well, Christian Pulisic's coin purse has been paper macheed back together. So that's great. Can't wait to get him back out there. Poor guy. Um, He has if, if, if if he's able to play, if he's fit, he obviously has to be out there. I am dying on the fucking hill. I want Gio Reyna out there. I'm probably going to be wrong. I will probably be wrong. I want Gio Reyna out there. Okay. Uh, if if Sargent was healthy, I would have him in. I did not like what I saw out of Haji Wright. Nope. So I'm actually so I I, I am playing Wea up top as a false nine. Yeah. So well, I mean, we are pretty we're pretty close. I am. Uh, I'm going to start the uh, Medford Messi, Brendan Aronson. I'm going to bring him up uh, next to Pooley, and I have Wea as the false nine as well. Uh, okay. My so thing is, it's not a matter of want. This is what I think is going to happen. Um, you know, Gio hasn't played, uh, which, which is just unthinkable. Uh, but what gives me suspicion or what what's supposed to make me think that he's going to get marched out with a start in the round of 16 when he hasn't played a minute? You are probably right. I'm being very stubborn because I think I think that guy deserves to play, and I'd love to see him out there. Listen, I'm, again, I am more than likely wrong here. 
if Aronson is the guy that you're bringing in instead of Gio Reyna, I am perfectly cool with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Aronson, honestly, also getting a chance to start, dude, I think the kid will be bursting out of his shirt. I mean, he'll be running everywhere. Yeah. And he's another guy. You, you, you do have Gio. We do. We actually have some squad depth here, which yeah. is which yeah. is a nice thing. So there are pieces to rotate. Uh, you know, there are some guys that can come in and provide a little something different. So we're not in a destitute type of situation, but we. I think the same thing needs to hold true. Is regardless of you know, once the lineups come out, we'll have a chance, but. We got to make those subs early if they're needed. Uh, I, I think um, Greg was much better at the end of the uh, knockouts, uh, at, at, better at the end of the group stages. Um, you know, with with some of the man management, but never is it going to be more critical than in, in this one because you know there's only one way: it's either go on or you're going home. Absolutely. All right, you want to lead us off with the prediction? All right, I'll do it. Uh, after much debate, thinking about it, thinking about it, and thinking about it, the fact of the matter is, it's hard for me to believe in us as much as I believe in us, but I'm going to. And we shut out England. And we shut out Iran. We gave up a penalty to Wales, which was poor. It's the first time in our history that we've ever had two shutouts at the same World Cup. Why am I going to think that we're going to give up a goal from open play if we haven't? You know, you can give me the it's just a matter of time argument, but these guys are playing different. If they're if I'm going to believe in them, I have to say that I really do believe in them and I am, am embracing them being good and different. I have to get the chip off of my shoulder, I guess. I'm saying it's 1-0. United States of America, we are going to keep a clean sheet. We're going to get one past them and we're going to find a way to win. All right. I have a slightly more interesting take. So (laughs) I just sang, I I just, I just sang Holland's praises, how dangerous they are across the board. Uh, How people are underestimating them. And I do think that's all true. The one part of that team who I have seen, who I am completely unimpressed with is the guy between the sticks. That guy has been dicey. He has been dicey, right? And thank God they have the back line that they do to clean up the messes that have, I mean, especially against Senegal. He was just batting balls all over the place. I think that Van Hall is going to come out with another pragmatic approach. I don't think he's going to let rip and play some beautiful flowing style. I think we're going to do what we do. I think we're going to play super aggressive in the midfield. I think we'll be tight in the back. We'll have a couple of opportunities, but again, our finishing has been what it's been. I think we go into extra time. I think we go to PKs. And because Matt Turner is a better shot stopper, we win. We win on penalties. Oh, way more, way more interesting, Jay. Way more interesting. Way more. Yeah, well, dude, when you and I watch this game tomorrow and we're biting our nails watching PKs, let's see let's see how much more interesting it is. <laughs> well, I'm excited to see you tomorrow, man. I can't wait to uh, yeah, watch man. the game with you, bro. It's going to be fucking awesome. Uh, everybody, get a chance to tune in tomorrow. Root for the United States. Root for your boys. Root for the boys in blue. 
we'll be cheering everybody on. Can't wait to see it. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. United States versus the Netherlands. Jay, can't wait to see you in the morning, bud. For now on, everybody, red, white, and blue, signing off. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then.